Um, we have been targeted quite heavily. Um, our payments processes have been targeted. Our banking has been targeted. We um, were removed from a bank, HSBC, for um, political reasons. Hey guys, Sean from SGT Report here. Thanks so much for tuning in. You know, that was a little known hero in my opinion. Ray Vahe, the founder of BitChute, a man who has stood in the gap for all of us to provide us with a platform to allow free speech, even as YouTube and Google turned completely tyrannical. Ray and BitChute have been targeted by the banks, as have so many of us in this increasingly despotic world. Hey friends, welcome back. Thank you so very, very much for tuning in. It's Sean from SGT Report here. We've got so much to talk about today. You know, I just did that interview with Deb Tavares and we talked about the war being waged against humanity. You know, the uh, bioweapon masquerading as a vaccine, that's one vector point. Another vector point, of course, is the open borders. Then we have 5G. You know what else we've got? We've got what appear to be directed energy weapons being used to start these cataclysmic fires in the cities that uh, the United Nations wants to become smart cities. And guys, of course, the other vector point in this war against humanity is censorship, the war against free speech. I'm on one of my favorite websites in the world, BitChute, and I'm happy to tell you guys I have a very special guest. The CEO and founder of BitChute, Ray Vahi. And let me tell you, not only is he a friend to SGT Report, he's a friend to humanity because as far as I know, at least in my experience, I have never experienced one second of censorship on BitChute. And by the way, when I got kicked off of YouTube without cause or without warning on October 15th, 2020, I still had my BitChute channel, which Ray was urging me to build before YouTube did what they did. And then recall just a couple of months later, the powers that ought not be stole an election. Well, we're not allowed to talk about that either. Certainly, Donald J. Trump isn't allowed to talk about that. The minute he mentions election interference or fraudulent elections, he gets indicted. Guys, we live in upside down world, and I'm glad to have somebody like Ray Vahi on our side. Ray, welcome. How are you, sir? Hey, Sean. It's great to be on your show finally. And I want to say, actually, um, even though we've been talking for the, uh, over the last few years uh, uh, during your time on BitChute, I've actually known about your channel a lot longer than that. Um, I found your channel years and years ago back on YouTube when you primarily talked about gold and silver. So like yourself, I did a bit of day trading back then. So um, yeah, thanks for all the videos you put up um, going back. Uh, it must be well over 10 years now. Well, thanks for saying that. Yeah, you know, I started the YouTube channel in around 2010. I became a YouTube partner. I was a YouTube partner in good standing for about a decade. Then, of course, they demonetized. Now, it wouldn't have been about a decade. It would have been about eight years. And then they demonetized all of those truth channels like they've done to so many people. And then without cause or warning on October 15th, 2020, they nuked a bunch of channels Channels that still thrive today, thanks to you on BitChute. And of course, Rumble is a burgeoning platform as well. But yeah, Ray, without you having started BitChute, we would not really have had a place to go because BitChute was the game in town. I mean, the only place to go until Rumble started. Now, I feel like I've got two viable platforms. And uh, for that, I thank you so much for starting and sticking with it because I know you, <laughs> you work day in and day out. I know that you do. I mean, how, what do you put in, 20 hours a day? Oh boy, it's sometimes, yeah, I, I try to get as much rest as I can because it's a, but it's a hard job because I mean, just running a company like this is hard, but 
um, what we're up against, we're up against all sorts of censorship, all sorts of deplatformings. I know I've told you over the years, we, you know, it's regular, regularly occurrences where we're removed from something, whether it's banking or um, hosting providers, or there's, there's, you know, it makes it extremely difficult. And um, it, it's only because, um, you know, I believe in this so much. Um, that there needs to be a platform. I think it's the morally right thing to do to allow um, free speech. And, you know, it, it's good for society. It's good in so many ways that we can never give up that really important human right. Otherwise, we'll, we'll never get it back again. And that was the reason I started BitChute in 2017. And boy, it really came at an important time we've been able to save so much vital work that would have otherwise just been lost. Well, I want to talk to you about how you run a company like this and uh, how you monetize it, how you make it work financially for you, because I can't imagine the costs of having to store all of this video and then serve it up to folks all over the world. We can talk about that. But I mentioned censorship. There's nothing off limits, I don't think, short of pedophilia and pornography. Ray, you allow just about every point of view to be told and shared on BitChute, don't you? How does that work? Tell folks. Right. So, yeah, I believe we're the, we're the platform that allows the most free speech in that regard. And look, there's content that is really awful and that I don't like. But I, I'm of the firm belief that you need to allow free speech to its maximum legal um, uh, limit. Otherwise, you're not allowing free speech. You're really just inserting your point of view. So, you know, people sometimes see content and you know they'll think, well, could you censor that? You know, just whether it's racism or something that isn't very nice, frankly. And the answer is no. You have to stick to a principle. Um, or else um, really all you're doing is something like YouTube light, uh, censorship light. Um, so th there's huge societal benefits to allowing um, even the worst ideas into the spotlight. That's the only way that you can de uh, deconstruct them and come up with answers. And um, this is the way that the West has survived for the longest time and grown and prospered and had advancements in science and moral advancements and all sorts of advancements. Um, it's something that we take for granted, quite frankly, now, but um, our, our ancestors have fought dearly to, to give us. And that's, you know, really at the heart of what BitChute is about. So... You know, I wouldn't be here today because you're quite right. It's you can you can monetize easier if you do engage in censorship. Um, but we wouldn't be here today if we weren't true believers that you have to allow all types of speech that are legal, and that's what we do to to the maximum that we can. Um, so, you know, saying that, we do have sensible rules. We don't allow incitement to violence. We don't allow, um, you know, we, we put sensible constraints on things like harassment, um, which you have to do. And, of course, you know, you have to remove spam and there's, there's things that you have to remove as a platform. But I think we, we have by far the most, um, most accommodating free speech um, 
uh, terms of service that's out there. In your opinion, and uh, oh, and by the way, I should say, you know, I have seen in the comments section below my videos just a couple of times uh, that people do believe they're being censored by BitChute. So I'm not sure why people feel that way. I don't know if it's an algorithm thing. I would have a hard time believing that uh, videos from uh, sentient, intelligent people about truth news are being censored by BitChute. So, you know, you can cover that if you'd like. But uh, the thing I did want to ask you mainly, though, is YouTube, in my opinion, is destroying itself because it wants to just become a mainstream television channel. I mean, they love Mr. Beast, of course, and uh, I got nothing against Mr. Beast, uh, maybe the, one of the biggest YouTube channels in the world, uh, but they don't like truth news. They don't even like crypto channels anymore. I mean, they don't like anything that is outside the box in terms of you know, critical thinking, especially. So, Ray, do you guys think that you guys have gained because YouTube has closed the doors on free speech. I think Rumble has to a large degree. I think the landscape is shifting. People don't search YouTube for truth anymore. They just go there for entertainment. That's right. And and look, um, before um, before even we came along, the mainstream media was dying a, a slow death, and they still are. So um, you can see record number of people walking away from um um, mainstream media content and um, cable news, in fact, is having a, a real crisis. Um, they're losing uh, viewers by the millions. And, you know, CNN, just in the last um, couple of years, they tried to launch um, an online platform, um, poured actually, I can't remember how many billions, oh, sorry, not how many millions they poured into the advertising for it, but they had to shut it down really embarrassingly in, in a matter of weeks. Um, so the whole um, landscape is shifting. People do want um, what the alternative media has to offer. They want to have um, their news brought to them by someone who is um, known to them, who they can interact with. And it, it's shifting to a, a much more diverse and fragmented um, um, landscape, which is a very, very good thing, I think. I think the more... Um, decentralization you have in just about anything, the better, um, because that gives pe people more choice. Um, it creates a, a market environment, which is always better for the consumers. Um, but I, I think really what happened in the case of YouTube is that they succumbed to activists. Um, so if you, if you look back over the years, there's been periods um, that were, were known as the adpocalypses, um, where activists were um, uh, basically going after YouTube's funding model. And um, you've also got um, the, the mainstream media channels on YouTube who are, in fact, themselves activists, who see guys like you as comp competitors, because you are, you're taking eyeballs away from them. And they've applied a lot of pressure to YouTube over the years um, to go in the direction it has gone in. And um, really, that's pushed a lot of, um, of channels out. And um, yeah, there's still guys like Mr. Beast doing very well. But um, if you depart from a certain way of thinking, if you, if you go beyond um, the comfort zone of what mainstream media is, is willing to compete on, then there's no home for you on YouTube, even if you can retain your channel you're not going to get the same sort of traction that you could have got before, say, 2015. Um, it's 
you, you, you're not competing on a level playing field. So, yes, that's given us um, an opportunity to, to grow like the, in the way we have and will continue to grow um, because people want authenticity. They want a variety of different views and they're just not going to get that on mainstream platforms like YouTube anymore. Yeah. Well, I've been saying for a long time, Ray, that uh, I think uh, what we're up against to a large degree, certainly as it relates to the fictional corporate government, the federal government, which is a bankrupt corporate government, the criminality coming out of Washington, D.C., and the fact that we're to believe that this idiot, this sleepy Joe pedo guy got 81 million votes. We're just we're supposed to ignore reality of what happened that night in the middle of the night when we all went to bed and Donald J. Trump was winning. And then in the morning, we're told, oh, look at all these ballots they found for sleepy, creepy Joe. He won the fewest counties in U.S. presidential history but got the most votes in U.S. presidential history. I mean, this whole thing's a paper tiger. And uh, I'll go one step further to suss that out. Take a look at CNN's ratings. You mentioned CNN. Take a look at their plummeting ratings. They couldn't get that alternative platform launched successfully. They shut it down immediately because they cannot compete on a fair level playing field. That's why all of these media horrors advocate big tech censorship. So I think it's a paper tiger. Look no further than what's going on at Twitter, where Tucker brought on President Donald J. Trump. And that thing, we're told, got more than 200 million views. So the world is watching, Ray. And uh, you're a leader in this fight, the fight for truth, the fight for free speech, the fight for the Bill of Rights. The whole thing's a paper tiger, in my view, isn't it? Well, thanks so much for saying that. And I would just want to add, though, that um, at BitChute, we see ourselves as a very neutral platform. So... We absolutely support people's right to talk about elections being stolen or elections not being stolen. So I have to say one thing that makes us very different now to YouTube is that they only push one political viewpoint. Um, um, it, it's a, uh, it, it, one, one, there's a huge bias there. Um, they're definitely in favor of one political viewpoint. But at BitChute, what, what we try to do is not um, put our own personal views um, uh, out there and, and push those forward on, on other people. So if someone wants to come and say that the election was stolen, we, we fully support their right to do that. If someone wants to come and say, no, it wasn't, um, Biden is completely legitimate, then we fully support their right to do that. And I think that's very important to have that in a platform, even if something might seem... Um, completely obvious one way or another it's very important that the platform doesn't put its finger on the scale and that's what we've tried to do from the very beginning and what we continue to do you know i mentioned twitter i'll do a screen share here i'd like your opinion on this because i respect james woods all right very very popular guy on twitter former actor, maybe still does a little bit of acting, uh, loved him in that Scorsese film, Casino. He plays a great bad guy. James Woods responding to a tweet from somebody asking, what do you think about Elon? James Woods says, Elon Musk, I genuinely admire him and believe he has saved free speech on this forum. Now, we don't need to get into the weeds about Elon, but by the way, as far as the billionaires go, He's the best of the worst, in my opinion. He's a whole lot better than eugenicist Bill Gates. He's a whole lot better than Jeff Bezos, who bought WAPO and then sent a mercenary from WAPO to my doorstep at five o'clock on a Sunday, which happened to be Father's Day, so they could do a hit piece on me. But uh, James Woods was brought back to Twitter 
when Elon took over. SGT report was allowed back on Twitter when Elon took over. So say what you want about Elon Musk, but uh, to some degree, he's taking a page out of your playbook over on Twitter and allowing conversations to happen again. What do you think of Elon? What do you think of Twitter? So I I would say that um, there's been improvements. There has definitely been improvements in in some regard on Twitter. Um, uh, So, for example, for the longest time, you couldn't share um, a BitChute link without it, um, without giving you a a really strange warning saying that there might be something malicious at this website that will steal your data. I mean, it's completely crazy because it was completely untrue. Um, And that was just put on us to prevent our growth. Um, That has been lifted. And I've seen people come um, back to Twitter who were banned for quite a long time. And and that's all good. I, I, I support that. But I, I'm not completely trusting of Elon Musk, uh, I have to say. And I think a lot of the things that he's doing are um, need, need careful consideration. I mean, he started saying that um, free speech is not freedom of reach. And a lot of people have been complaining, us included, that we don't seem to be getting the reach that we think we should be getting on Twitter. So, you know, we, we can now send tweets and people can click on the videos, but um, it seems like the, the reach isn't there as it used to be. And uh, we're not the only ones noticing this. A lot of people are noticing this. So I, I think the reason he's doing this, and, and uh, you know, it's, it's, it's been mentioned by him and uh, Linda Iacarino, that they want to attract mainstream advertisers. And probably the only way that they can do that is by... Um, uh, basically um, shadow banning people um, to some extent. And, and that's going on. Um, it's not good. It, it would be a lot better if Twitter returned to a, a real free speech platform. But I'm, I'm not sure with the amount that he's invested in it, if that is even possible at this stage. That's really my opinion on it. You know, I couldn't agree with you more about the reach. By the way, I was going to mention that earlier in the interview, the new talking point from the powers that ought not be in their think tanks is, oh, we believe in freedom of speech, just not freedom of reach. Meaning if they don't like your point of view, if they don't want you talking about the bioweapon masquerading as a vaccine, if they don't want you talking about election interference, if they don't want you talking about directed energy weapons, they'll say, oh, you have your free speech. We're just going to make it so nobody can hear you. So I think you're right about that. And you're also right about the fact that the reach over on Twitter isn't what it used to be. And I do not get the engagements. I do not get the reach. I do not get the views. But fortunately, guys like Tucker Carlson do. So I'll take the good with the bad. I'm happy to be back on Twitter because it allows me to do research and see a lot of viewpoints that I can't otherwise see. Because when they took away my Twitter account, they also made Twitter useless to me. All the people I was following, I couldn't see what was coming up in their feeds anymore. So going to Twitter was pointless. So at least he's given Twitter back to me as a tool that I can use on a daily basis. So I don't know. What do you think about that? I I think it's great that Tucker's got the reach he's got. Yeah, I mean, this freedom of speech isn't uh, freedom of reach isn't freedom of speech is is, is really crazy. I mean, to put it in other words, it's like going to the post office and and them telling you, hey, we don't like your politics. So we're only going to deliver 50 percent of your emails or sorry, your your mail from now on. It's completely ridiculous. Um, You need to have reach. You need to have um, the right, uh, the 
the correct amount of reach is what your um, point of view deserves in the free market. And that's how we've always tried to um, allow things on BitChute. So, you know, we, we've got algorithms, but they're very neutral algorithms. So if something becomes popular, then it's allowed to be popular. We don't suppress it. We don't put our fingers on the scales. And that's definitely still going on on Twitter and, sorry, X. And, um, yeah, and I, I don't think it's going to get better because I think, frankly, they need the advertising money. It's so interesting. I wanted to ask you about how you operate. Uh, I don't see advertising typically on BitChute. I know there is some now. You've engaged some. Uh, Dell Bigtree over on Twitter. I guess the Elon Musk days of free speech are over. This incredible show we did on the highwire.com yesterday is being blocked. So go to our website to check it out directly. You know, that is what people need to do, sadly. You got to go to sgtreport.com if you want to see the latest or BitChute or Rumble. Sometimes going directly to the websites is the best thing uh, to do. Uh, but my question for you, money, how do you keep operating when I see precious little advertising on BitChute? What are your sources of revenue? How do we keep you going? How do you make ends meet? Right. Over the years, we've um, had to really tighten our belts and operate very, very leanly. Um, but one, um, I think it's quite a remarkable thing about BitChute is that we've operated on revenue streams from the very beginning. Um, we're changing that a little bit now. But, um, yeah, we, we've, we've basically gone six years on revenue streams. Um, right now, we've, we can get into that a bit if you want. We've had yeah. all sorts of deplatforming. Well, what does that mean, six uh, years on revenue streams? Well, I don't even know what so that, that means. That, that means funded by the community. So okay. the community buying subscriptions on BitChute have given us the money to operate, um, which is, you know, unlike, I think, any other video platform out there um, nothing's ever done anything like that um, and reached the size that we're at um, we are so we've had because of that because we're we've been a bit vulnerable in that way that we we've had this um, um, need to operate on the community uh, um, uh, revenue um, we have been targeted quite heavily um, our payments processes have been targeted. Our banking has been targeted. We um, were removed from a bank. Um, actually, it's, it's going back a few years ago now, HSBC, for um, political reasons. Um, that is still a case we've got ongoing um, um, with, with, in arbitration. Um, uh, we've been removed from several banks in uh, I should say we were, we were based in the UK. We're actually moving some operations to the US now. But um, yeah, the, the banking situation in the um, UK is completely out of control. Um, uh, you may have seen recently that um, Nigel Farage was removed and other um, uh, political people have been removed from their banking and, and have been completely unable to get a new bank account. So um the U.S. is a, still a lot freer in that regard. Um, we're moving operations to the U.S. at this time and um, w working with smaller banks, which is what I recommend to everyone. I think um, most of the bigger banks are very um, uh, aligned politically and willing to kick people off. Um, but what we're bringing in as a solution to this, and it's it's very close to launching actually, is PayShoot. 
So Paysu is going to help support us, support the running of BitChute, but it's also going to support guys like you. Um, hopefully you, you'll be on there and um, um, you, um, be able to take um, payments from your community to be able to sell um, exclusive content. All sorts of um, monetization options are going to be offerable through PayShoot, which is coming. Um, um, there's, a, there's a light launch in the next few weeks. So this is actually a, um, breaking news here. Um, and then that will be followed by um, um, a more extensive launch where we'll be able to get a limited number of content creators signed up to the um, to the beta. And then from there, we're going to open it up to more and more people. And it's got a lot of functionality. It's, it's going to be able to take um, recurring payments um, um, uh, in the way that you might get from um, places like Patreon now when they're, when they're not kicking you off. It's going to be able to take tips, um, um, super chats, uh, all sorts of different ways that you're going to be able to monetize your content. And moving forward, we, we really have to um, do more of this ourselves because we can't rely, we've found, on, on other platforms <laughs> Um, to, to do the monetization and we've been removed from PayPal now, we've been removed from Stripe, we've been removed from several others over the years and we've had to um, rebuild our um, supporter base over and over again. So PayShoot really is the answer. It's the way to make sure that we're stable going into what I think is going to be an incredibly important period, especially with the 2024 election coming up and all the things that, that all the things that are going to happen with that is going to be pretty crazy i expect yeah i've said if they steal another one in 2024 it's going to be kind of game over it's going to be curtains for our republic they call it a democracy but it's a constitutional republic all they do is lie these mercenaries in the media jeff bezos wapo the mercenary sent to my front porch Sean Boberg. These are people who get paid to gaslight the American people. And it's really, really sick. The other thing that's sick is what you mentioned, the move toward totalitarian banking. Okay, We've seen the persecution that Gab suffered. Uh, and uh, the CEO of Gab has talked openly about his Christian faith and the fact that Gab has been mercilessly persecuted by the banks. So now we've got Vanguard and BlackRock that own most of everything. They own the most powerful corporations on the planet, or at least they own the most power within all of the corporations on the planet and the banks, I would add. And now we see this rush toward central bank digital currency. Do you have a warning for the people listening or or for the sheeple people that don't know any better about where that would get us? Should we fall prey to and agree to comply with a central bank digital currency, Ray? Well, I think uh, an important point about this is the move away from cash. I was just back in the UK um, over the last few weeks, and um, it was my first visit back in, in a few years. And I was surprised how, walking around London, how few places now accept cash. Um, the move away from cash is, in my opinion, very dangerous, especially with the debanking that I've personally experienced over um, over the last few years, um, cash is really freedom. It's a way that you can retain privacy. It's a way that you can spend your money wherever you like and, and hold your money. <laughs> and, you know, um, a, a lot of people 
that I spoke to really didn't seem to, to understand the dangers of this. Now, you asked about a central bank digital currency. That kicks it up even another gear because at the moment, um, you know, when you're spending money through an app or through, um, through a credit card, um, you're still just spending money. They're able to track it. Um, but what they're not able to do is to control how you spend it exactly. With a central bank digital currency, they're able to program it. Um, uh, someone from the Bank of England came out and they gave uh, like a, an example of how um, they could program it. And they suggested that if you didn't want to, um, the, the pocket money that you give to your children, if you didn't want them to spend it on too many sweets, you could program that and they would have a limit. So, okay, um, as a parent, you might be thinking, well, maybe maybe that's a good idea, but hang on a moment. Think about the power that you're handing over to a central bank there. You're actually saying um, they have control over what you can spend your money on. Is it really even your money at that point? If you go into a supermarket and, you know, they say, well, you've had enough meat this month. You're not going to be able to buy any more. That's something that's possible with a central bank digital currency. And, you know, I'm, whether they'll do it or not, or not is um, anyone's guess. But I'm reluctant to give government that much power ever. I think it's always a bad idea. Um, whether the current government will do it, um, you could argue maybe they wouldn't. Um, I would say... Um, there will always be another government coming along that will have that idea and they'll um, have the tools to put in place a really authoritarian system. So I think we, we definitely need to um, keep using cash. Um, my advice to everyone is use cash wherever you can. I always carry cash in my wallet. I think it's like something you can do. It's a minor inconvenience, um, of course, but you know it's uh, a way that we can... Uh, individually um, slow down this move towards complete authoritarianism in the banking system and somewhat limit the the power that the banks have. Well, you know, an aside too, just to share with you, is the fact that uh, in my area, many restaurants will put on their menu or on the receipt, so you got to kind of learn this and then remember it when you go back to bring cash. They will give you a 3 and sometimes 4% discount on your bill if you pay in cash. And it's not so much because they're woke and they know about CBDCs. It's, uh, it's that they're sick and tired of paying the banks on a Visa or even worse, an Amex transaction. When you pay with an Amex card, I'm told by some of these restaurants, the fees, the fee, the surcharge that they pay to get that money then from Amex is sometimes as high as 5% or higher. Can you even believe that, Ray? And then we're told these banks, just think about that, guys. Every time you use a Visa, a MasterCard, an Amex, probably even your debit card that says Visa, these banks, they're like a casino. They get a rake on every transaction, gasoline, food. Every time you use your card, they get at least 2%, 3%, sometimes 5% or more. Ray, what in God's name? How can these banks be broke? All we ever hear is the banks are broke. The banks need a bailout. The banks need a bailout. I don't know. I have a mortgage. I know what I pay the bank every month. I know how much of that goes towards principal and how much of it goes toward interest. And it's appalling. How in the world could these banks always be broke? What an absolute joke. 
You're absolutely right. And that's a good enough reason there just to carry cash um, so that you're not paying these charges and giving them any more money because they really don't deserve it. And uh, what I would say on that as well is that, um, that they, may, they may at some point when they bring in these CBDCs incentivize people. So it, it may go the opposite way for a short period of time where you're incentivized to use um, their money. Um, and a lot of people will do that because um, times are hard and, you know, um, people might think, hey, they're, they're getting free cash, um, sorry, free, free central bank digital currency. And what I would say, be very cautious of this because once we hand over this power, um, it's going to be really, really difficult to get it back. Um, once we lose it, I think it's gone for good. Yeah. Well, listen to this. This is sort of breaking news for the audience. If you guys didn't catch me on Todd Callender's show, Truth Be Told, I was just on his show the other day, Friday morning. And part of that conversation, Todd shared with me, I didn't know this. He says that on September 20th of this year, they will be announcing cash for CBDCs. I got to get Todd back on and dig into that. Can you believe that, guys? Just prepare for what's coming and don't fall for it. I mean, please, I'm begging. I know my audience won't fall for it, but cash for CBDCs. Ray, can you imagine the sheeple people, the NPCs showing up? But the sheeple people, the NPCs, they're going to show up and they're going to fall for this. The same people that stood in line to get the bioweapon masquerading as a vaccine to a large degree, in my opinion. Well, I, I yes, I, I sadly, I think there's going to be a lot of people who will just go headfirst into this. Um, and if you look at the mainstream media, they're um, 99% backing this this path. So it's only the alternative media that is coming up with an alternative point of view and telling people uh, and warning people what sort of future this brings along with it. Um, yeah, please, please, people, look into this if you haven't already. Have a think about what sort of future do you want for yourself and for your children? Um, do you want one where, you know, you want to drive out of town and you're told you can't because you're only allowed so much fuel? Um, I know I don't. And all these things are really possible if you bring in a system like this. It's a really, really bad idea. And, you know, um, j just going back to London again, it really is happening very, very fast in the last just three years, the transition has been remarkable. Um, I was so shocked when I saw how many stores don't accept cash. And, you know, I was still walking around finding the places that do, but I'm worried if I go back in another two years, then it might, it, those places might be gone as well. Yeah. It's only if people carry the cash and resist this that we'll have a chance of um, a, a semblance of freedom. Yeah, it's funny uh, how many things go down the rabbit hole, but there's so many truth tellers that were warning us about all of this. If people haven't checked out that uh, documentary, it's really an interview between Alex Jones and uh, the late producer, the Hollywood producer, Aaron Russo, Freedom to Fascism. Aaron Russo sound the alarm. He told us what the Rockefeller plan was, and now it's all unfolding in real time. And uh, guys, a CBDC, as you know, Share this with your friends, neighbors, and colleagues. you got to wake people up. It is a totalitarian system of total control, tracking and tracing. And if they don't like your politics or your speech or your viewpoint, if they don't like, your, if they don't like the fact that you have an automobile powered by gas and you refuse to turn it in, they'll just 
turn you off. They'll turn off your chip. They'll turn off your system. They'll turn off the CBDC. They will cut you out of the system. So to that degree, it really is biblical. It's the B system. No man shall buy or sell without taking the mark. All right. That's my opinion on that. The final question I had for you here is, uh, and we can discuss other things if you'd like, but uh, the final question I had is for people listening who are, in my opinion, under the false belief that they've been censored by BitChute, is there anybody they can reach out to? I don't want to put pressure on you and your already limited staff, but uh, is there like an info at bitshoot.com email? Is there any way if somebody's having technical trouble, and I don't want to burden you, but is there any way that people can reach out if they think that they've been uh, censored? Yeah, sure. I mean, they can contact support at bitshoot.com. That's our support email address. Um, so, I mean, where there may be some confusion is that we do have... Um, there's different laws around the world and there's different um, um, levels of free expression that you're allowed to as a platform support in the United States where you've got the First Amendment, a very robust um, level of free speech. People in Europe don't have that. Um, they have um, some free speech, freedom of expression rights, but not as much as the US. So in the EU, we do... Um, apply a different policy and um, if they're talking about not having the same right as the US then unfortunately you know in order to remain legal as a as a platform um, we're unable to um, change that and and this is very important that we take this approach actually because um, in in a jurisdiction, take for example um, Europe, um, they do have the power to um, switch us off or to um, remove us from suppliers or, or you know all sorts of things. So um, it wouldn't be an option for us to um, to say that um, we're applying um, the U.S. laws to the EU. But but equally, um, you know. Uh, the U.S. Uh, we don't we don't we don't ever say that we're going to impose European um, values onto the U.S. and um, the EU has decided its own values. So we're not trying to apply U.S. values onto the EU. So we we have to be um, balanced in that. So because you mentioned it, that is what I think um, some people might be talking about. But I, I will point out that you are seeing these comments, right? You're seeing people complaining. Um, so we don't even censor that. If, if people say um, things about BitChute, even if it's a complete lie, they're perfectly able to say it because of, you know, we believe fundamentally that that is so important that um, we do support freedom of expression, even when it's... Uh, the, the, the target is us, and even when we know it's a lie, um, there's a lot of platforms that say they support freedom of expression that don't do that, that don't allow criticism of the platform itself. Mm. And we do. So that's an, a reason why you see it on BitChute and you don't sometimes see it on other platforms. They actually have it in their terms of service that you can't say negative things about the platform. Mm. Um, we don't. Free, freedom of expression is for the speech that you know that no one likes it's not for the speech that everyone likes um you don't need to defend that you need to defend the speech that 
you f find abhorrent, that everyone finds abhorrent. Yeah. That's why we. Uh, that, that that's the only way um, that you can say that you support it. Yeah. Now that you said all that, I realize you guys have to jump through hoops based on laws, say, in the EU. That's interesting. The point you just made might help that person understand what's going on a little bit better. Um, right. Could I just ahead. say one more thing about that? Because if that person attempts to load a video that um, we believe would be illegal in their country, um, so we've, we've, we've restricted it for that reason, what would come up is a notice, and they would see that there's a restriction placed on um, the channel because of um, the laws in their area so that they they should be aware of why that is um, yeah again you know th there's different laws around the world and there's, there's so many countries there's uh, 200 countries or, so we, we have to try and um, strike a balance of staying available and supporting the maximum amount of freedom of expression that we can and that's what we try to do yeah well, I know you do. And uh, let me just say, for those listening who are really into the tech side of this thing, I'm kind of a clumsy interviewer. I forgot to ask Ray this about your background and about what it takes on a daily basis to keep this thing going. Uh, approximately how many hours of footage are uploaded every day to BitChute? Just tell us the ins and outs of the business for those who are interested in the tech side and then tell people just briefly about your background. You know, why did you want to do this? This is such an incredibly large undertaking. I mean, guys, remember YouTube was gobbled up by Google for several billion dollars at the time. Certainly, uh, it's worth far more now being the, I think, second biggest website on planet Earth, YouTube, Google being number one. Uh, but uh, tell us a little bit about your background and what it takes to keep this thing uh, going every day. Yeah, sure. So my background it was in IT and telecoms, actually. I worked for over a decade um, uh, around the world. I worked in the U.S. for a period. I worked um, in various different places, setting up um, really high capacity um, telecoms infrastructure um so i yeah um, walked away from that because i believed that this was such an important thing to do but it, it gave me a lot of the technical know-how to be able to set something up like this and and run it at a huge capacity and you know we're getting um, um on some days we're getting tens of thousands of um videos uploaded daily um so yeah, it really is uh, growing quite fast, and um, uh, there's there's a huge appetite for content content out there. Um, so yeah, um, it's it's a really big undertaking because you know um, companies like um, Google do have billions, and and we don't. We're we're um, we're hoping to one day, but um, for the moment we're you know, doing this on really, uh, what we have been doing on a shoestring budget. Well, we are right now expanding. So we're in the, in the early days, it really was just two people back in 2017. It was me and one other person running this, um, for a long period of time, um, which I don't recommend, you know, I, I used to have, um, a lot of hair and it was all brown back then and um, that changed quickly with the stress that, that um, came from doing that but we're now um, a company over 30 people so we're expanding quite a bit and um, yeah I, I think in this next phase we're really gonna have to expand because um, you know in 
we probably came along as a bit of a, a surprise to the establishment back in 2017. I, I don't think they thought anyone was maybe crazy enough to do this with two people and um, uh, yeah, rather competitor to uh, YouTube at that time. But um, now we have to be a lot more professional about it. There's um, a lot of administration, uh, uh, customer support. There's a lot of uh, development that goes on. There's a whole bunch of features that we're bringing too many to, to list. Um, but some, I'll give you some highlights. Live streaming is coming um, in the not, not too distant future this year. There's um, a big overhaul going on on, on the platform itself. So it, it's going to look quite different. Um, PayShoot is the one I mentioned. There's all sorts of monetization features in the works. Um, so much is going on, and um, all of that is, uh, I think, vital for this um, for this next round against um, the establishment in the censorship walls. Well, like I said, I'm just glad to have you in our camp, and I do appreciate you for uh, building a platform that gave me somewhere to go, even prior to getting booted off of YouTube. Uh, you know, first they came after Alex Jones, as we all know, and now they're coming after everybody. This is a war against humanity, guys, and uh, the war against free speech and reach is a big part of that plan. Ray, I can't thank you enough for what you do every day, and I really do appreciate your time today as well. Thanks for coming on. Thank you so much. I'll just say on Alex Jones, we, did, we were the ones who kept InfoWars online when he went down. We were the one platform where, for a period of time, you could get InfoWars videos. And that that was one of the most stressful moments of my life because <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I've never experienced so much pressure um, as those weeks when everyone wanted him off the internet. We yeah. lost PayPal at that time. Um, we could have kept PayPal if we had got rid of Alex Jones, but we, I, I think, you know, we were just, we, we could have gone under at that time because we, we lost so much, um, but we didn't. We kept fighting and we kept him online. And, you know, we, we're going to keep doing that for whoever needs it, whoever needs a platform. Um, and thank you to everyone. Uh, thank you to all your listeners um, for um, using the platform and, and supporting us in any way they can. Well, I love that story. And uh, yeah, I'm sure that was nerve wracking. You had a giant target on your back. Anybody that stands with Alex Jones. See, that's the problem with these CBDCs, guys. If they don't like what you're talking about on Facebook, on Twitter, they're going to track and trace you and they're just going to shut off your money if they don't like your speech. So freedom of speech, they'll tell you you've got it, just not reach. You just cannot be heard in the town square. But that's not true on BitChute. It is a town square where all viewpoints can be heard. And Ray Vahi is making that possible for all of us with BitChute. Ray, thank you so much. We'll keep our eye open for PayShoot. That sounds very, very cool. I know that's coming soon. So uh, do email me, will you? We'd be glad to get you on again to explain to people how all of this works as you roll out some of these beefier and uh, really appealing uh, avenues on BitChute that don't currently exist. I'm looking forward to that. Thank you so much, Sean. It's been a real pleasure. And yet I'll email you soon. All right. Thanks for coming on today. And friends, thanks so much for tuning in. And uh, I'll remind you all, of course, every single day for free, for real news, you can find the SGT Report channel on BitChute, of course, but also check us out for free every day at sgtreport.com. That is the antidote to corporate propaganda and all of those pesky WAPO mockingbird mainstream media lies. God bless you and yours.
Bye bye. Who's in charge of the British Empire right now? The titular head is King Charles. He is on record as saying there are too many people. Uh, his father actually said he'd like to be reincarnated as a deadly virus to reduce population, and we see that now with the, the whole trans agenda. We see it with the Right to Die movement, the uh, euthanasia, uh, the abortions, and so on. They're out to kill as many people as possible, and so what we see in Maui is just another example.